Hello everybody, um, this is Just Listen Understand. I'm No Chill Nyla, and these are my guests. Yo, what's up, my name is Isaac Malik. And I'm Latiu Cosmos. Um, Austin Bennett. Thank you guys for showing up. Um, it means a lot to me, and the topic of discussion for day, today is we're gonna talk about what it is to be a black man, how you guys feel about living in Africa, and is it different for some of you guys because as an African-American versus being like an African-African, you know? And your perspective, oh, and talking about black mental health, especially in Africa, because, you know, I feel like in Ghana it's recognized, but some parts of Africa it might not be as recognized. What do you mean by, can you come again? Like, you know how people are like, oh, you're, you're not sad, like, I mean, you're not depressed. Oh, like, like mental health wise. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I see, I see. I mean, let's let's start there. Mental health, like on an African basis, right? Like as an African man, or even just as a black man, we can just go from there. Like, give give your background. Like, people don't know you. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, my name is Isaac. Um, I'm Ghanaian by birth. Um, I'm Nigerian by blood, and um, I'm American by citizenship. Um, all over the place. Huh? You did all over the worldwide, but yeah. Um, I'm sitting here, I'm doing a two-year program, MBA course um, in finance, so let's go ahead and talk about what we came here to talk about. Um, starting from a mental illness perspective, as a black man or as an African man, like you're held to like a certain pedestal that you can't really show weakness in your mentality or physically, like emotionally anything, like you can't just be looking weak because you get taken advantage of, society will make you feel like a bitch, excuse my words, I don't know if you can cuss on this. But you, you get, can. Yeah. You know, people just look at you weird. Like, you're held to such a, a strong, like, physical, emotional, like, everything. Like, you got to be hard. Like, if you go to the hood and you're a soft-ass nigga, like, you get punked real quick. And, I mean, that's just my my uh, my perspective on it. Like, we being black male and African, like, we we just got to be hard all the time. We can't be, like, smiling all the time. Like, when I came to when I came back to Ghana... Like, I felt like I could smile again. Like, if I'm back in the States, like, and I'm in D.C. or a certain part of the States, like, I'm, I'm straight, like, yeah. My, my me mugging, my, my, my face is straight. You know what I mean? Because you never know. Like, some people just think you're sweet just for smiling. You know what I mean? Like, That's not cap. That's all facts. All facts. You could say that since you're from, you know, Maryland, the DMV area? I mean, no, but, like, Southeast D.C. ain't want to play with. Like, you did. My dad always told me whenever I went out with my sister, you all, always had to hold her hand. It seemed childish as hell, but, like, Southeast D.C., I'll it? say uh, parts of Maryland, parts of Virginia. I mean, those are the type of places where you just you just got to think differently. I think Ghanaians don't understand, they like, don't. our mentality is so different because... You have to be different. Like here, like I was talking to a porter last night, and he was, based. Long story short, this dude got mad at us because he said we were being too loud. But then we were like, the well, the white people are being loud too. So we we're like, you know what? Let's let's go make our own complaint. We go and make a complaint. Automatically, he's like, oh, y'all talk about racism, this, that, and the third. And it's crazy because. He thinks of it as something very trivial, like, oh, that's just what y'all experience, and he's right. like, that's y'all culture, and I'm like, nah, we die over this shit. We get killed over that shit. Ghanaians will never, ever understand, understand. until they experience, they experience it, yeah. that every time we walk outside, you can die, and it's normally going to be by someone of authority, and they're probably going to get away with it. Right. That's just how it's going to work, and that's the thing Ghanaians, I wish Ghanaians could understand, but... 
the reason why they don't understand it is because they just never seen it. Never lived it. Every time I look on my phone on Instagram in the U.S., mm-hmm. all I see is someone getting shot. Right, you did. A kid just got shot yesterday. He was running from the police, but he was unarmed. He didn't have a weapon or anything. A policeman shot him through the gate. That's crazy. And how does that affect your your mind as a man? Like, negativity. Like, like, for real. Like, I remember my first time getting pulled over, like, by a cop. And I was on some dumb shit. Like, I don't know. But, like, he pulled me over. I'm driving a big, like, Ford Explorer all black. That shit looks like a fucking drug dealer's car. <laughs> like, I'm driving... And then I'm in my neighborhood, like, it's a windy road, so I know the streets, like, I'm fucking serving and shit, like, proper. No man pulled me over, and then, you know, I turned off my car, and I made a fuck-up decision by, like, opening the door and trying to, like, get out of the car. Which, you know, that's like, why would you do that? Yeah, like, the whole time, I opened the door, one foot out, I looked, and then this motherfucker had a gun straight pointed at me. I'm like, yo, hold up, my hands in the air, Nathan. I'm like, yo, hold up, man. Like, what are you doing? And he was like, what are you doing? I'm like, yo, you pulled me over. Now I'm here to talk to you. He's like, no, 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 get get back in the car, blah, blah. That's cool. Right? And then I was like, okay. Ever since then, I learned my lesson. Like, you're not supposed to get out of the car once a cop yeah. pulled you over. But then, like, just that 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 little incident, like, definitely hit me. Like, driving home, I was like, yo, that nigga literally could have killed me right there. Like, on God, yeah, my mom would have, like, suffered miserably. You know, but the things that goes on, like, in a black man's world, like, that shit is different. Like, and unless, like, you've really seen and been like affected through it like it's hard to explain it do you feel like you're treated differently because you're american do, do you feel like you have a privilege here here in ghana yeah um most definitely most my my accent gets me um away with a lot of shit both positively and negatively um positively it's out there um it's easier for me to like finesse um it's easier for me to talk to girls it's easier for me to like just make new friends it's easier Everything has become easy just because of this dumbass accent. The whole time I was born here, you understand? Mm-hmm. Like, and I kind of hate that. I don't really hate it, but it kind of like, it's like, yo, chill. I'm just a regular being just like you are. Like, I'm not special. Like, we all the same here. But at the same time, now let me talk about the negative aspect. The negative aspect can be like, um, you're kind of held to a higher pedestal. Like, like, for example, like, let's say like, I'm just got done smoking weed or whatever, right? And I'm walking. <laughs> I'm walking back to the porters, and then they see that, you know, my eyes are red. You know, to give me a snobbish like, like, oh, this guy he went to America and then he, he, he all he does is just smokes and come back, blah, blah, blah. Like, whole time, I'm like, bro, you don't know nothing about me, bro. I'm on my P's and Q's. Just because I smoke weed, don't mean I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm a fucking idiot, yeah. Yeah, and I think just going back to the point that we're making about kind of being held to a, you know, you're not supposed to show emotion, you're not supposed to show weakness and all of that. Yeah. There's a big contradiction because when when you go out in the in the world at the same time. You, you are always, you know, threatened. This old, like, you know, you're talking about the police and yeah. kind of having a system that seeks to destroy you. And so it's like, you know, you, you're supposed to be all this strong, like, you know, right. have this, you know, impenetrable defense. But at the same time, when you're confronted with somebody who's of higher authority, you have nothing to, you can't do anything. You can't do shit. And so all of that toughness that you're supposed to be showing that you're supposed to have, it's useless. Right. And so it's like, how are you supposed to deal with that? Exactly. You know, you're faced with the reality that you can't cope with. And I think that just, I think that even that makes it even makes people more toxic in that way. It's like you know you you have two contradicting uh, you know worlds coming at you. You don't know what to do with it. You you stuff it inside, yeah. and it just you know you can't be at peace with yourself. And I think that's one of like the big mental health issues with being black in, in the U.S. And I would say to some extent, even in Africa itself, um, it's I think it's different. It's not necessarily the same as you know. It's not racism, but there are 
prejudice. There are traps here as well. Yeah, there there are the prejudices. There are you know privileges yeah. that are afforded to only a certain class of people. Yeah. And so if would you, you say that as an American, you're treated better? Um, I would say when I, when I when I interact with people, the first assumption of me is that I'm Ghanaian, and so they at first they start treating me that way, a- until I open my mouth, then everything every myth gets. Uh, dispelled yeah. um, and I guess you know to be honest I haven't really felt a big shift in the way people treat me um, I'll say the biggest um, time when I feel the difference is when I'm bargaining uh, where I feel very disadvantaged yeah. um, other than that really you know I don't really feel a major difference in how people treat me um, and I guess you know I guess there there are expectations of me that you know, since you come from America, once they find that out, it's like, oh, you come from America. Then there are certain standards, like I he was talking about that. earlier, that they have for you, and you're just like, you know, like that's not who I am. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you don't. Uh, these assumptions you're making of me, they may or may not be true, but you know, why do you have them before you even talk to me you do. And, and try to like dispel them? And so that's kind of my take on it. That's some real shit. I want to add to something he okay. said. Um, you're talking about the double. W.E.D. Du Bois, he called it double consciousness. Yeah. Um, and this, if you're listening, um, you should definitely look into um, his work. Because double consciousness, um, he talks about how we as um, African Americans, like we have this different, we have how we view ourselves as one conscious and how society views us as another conscious. So there's like this ongoing battle in our mind on how we're supposed to be acting, like how we're supposed to handle ourselves. It's like a dualism. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But... Um, I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Austin, and I'm an American student. I go to North Carolina A&T, Aggie Pride. Um, it's G-Ho, so, you know, we lit. But um, I'm going to keep it a band with you. It is the most bittersweet thing being here sometimes because people here do not understand the reality that we live in. And they almost look at black people Sometimes as if we're lazy, sometimes as if we're too privileged, sometimes as if we we just like we have too much to be to be acting the way we do. But I have to explain to people, even even in the US, I have to check African people and I'll be like, listen, we didn't fight to be we didn't fight for humanity we didn't fight for uh like rights at first, we fought to like be treated as humans. Yeah, it's true. Like here, Ghanaians see each other as Ghanaians. In America, people see each other as whatever they want to see them. Like we had to fight for our humanity, then we could fight for everything else. Right. On top of that, to add on to that, when I get pulled over here, my first thought isn't, "Bro, I could die." My first thought is, "Oh, I got pulled over." On top of that, when I go to a place, I don't have to look around and see what white people or what kind of people are coming after me. It could be white people, black people, whatever. You're on constant alert, and you have to be mindful of where you go. Thanks. The only the thing that I think people really don't understand is in America, your parents have to sit you down to tell you that you have to act this way around a cop. And you're a kid, so you're looking at him like, why, would I, why do I need to act that way? Yeah. And then you get older, you're like, wow, that's crazy. And what's even crazier to me is that there are black people who are afraid to name their kids or to... Like, to name their kids certain names because it sounds too black. Yeah, it sounds ghetto shit. And the problem is it may not be ghetto at all. It may have no ghetto meaning, but it sounds ghetto. In my application, if I'm named Aquavius, 
Yeah. You know, even if it's the best application they've ever seen, compared to someone named Chris, the the Quavius ain't gonna get hired. Chris is right. like, and that's the thing. Like I said, until Ghanaians go to America, they have the only the only view they have of America is in movies and from other Americans. So it's kind of limited, like. It's true. And even when I tell, I was talking to this one girl, and I was breaking down everything about why black people are at with the way they're at. And her jaw was dropped most of the time because I went into the government playing this role, white people playing this role, how racism still exists. People are still getting lynched in 2019. Like, her her eyes would pop. She looked like a ghost. Like, she couldn't believe it because a lot of people won't believe it unless you tell them, and they're look, still looking at you like you're crazy. So Just to add to your point about, I think there's a major educational and knowledge gap in terms of, um, each other's experience so Africans understanding the black experience in America and also Americans understanding the black experience in Africa and to add to your point about the you know they don't know Africans here don't know about the history of black people in America is you know I was talking to one of my friends Ghanaian's friends and they don't they don't understand what was going on from the plantation days up to now like it, you know when I ask them there's a story they tell me it, it makes it seem like it was white just wife. farm work. Like they were just white working wife. on the farm. Like it was like it, it wasn't I had no big deal. People laugh about slavery. In my, <laughs> my oh no, nah, that's a damn mission. I would have stuck them. Oh yeah, God, I don't God, care. You might. That's not a game yeah. because at the end of the day, like I tell people, like slavery in America, in America, and everywhere has been so whitewashed and so diluted Facts. that people Honestly. don't understand it. And I'm sitting here, like literally, like every time, every time I'll go to church here, and this this is not cap. Every time I go to church here, I see someone who's a Christian and they have a white Jesus. I you cry. Did, bro. I cry. I'm serious. I cry. Every like time, I literally bro. get tears in my eyes because I'm sitting here thinking to myself, these people are worshiping the same people who are one finessing the crap out of every African country they colonize. <laughs> Two, not only that, these are the same people that are killing me and taking and taking all our resources right. and keeping black people under because they understand that black people could come back. Black people. Black people are. They're built to survive. Like, I'm sorry. It's just the truth. We built better. Sorry, white people. We built better. <laughs> we have survived a lot more. Right. with a lo- We've done a lot more with a lot less. If, right. Ghana, if this is... I look at Ghana. Ghana only gets 5% of its resources. If this is what 5% can do, imagine what 50% can do. Right. Honestly, like, it can do a lot. That's what's crazy about it. And like I said, like even when it comes to mental health, you know, black people in America think the same way. And the, and the problem is now you, you, you're, only, you're only poisoning the well more. Because what you're doing is you're saying, you're almost saying what they feel is invalid. So what you do is to add on to that stereotype of being the black, you have the strong black male. Now they have all these emotions that have not been checked and controlled. So then they lash out and they make one mistake. And one mistake in America is your life. It's true. Yeah. You could do nothing and still get arrested for something. Literally, you can get shot for nothing. Do you think it's hard as black men to be vulnerable? Hell yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. you get robbed. The fuck? Why, why do you think it's hard? Like, I mean, I know society has made it hard, but even when it comes to like a girl loving you or someone trying to be close to you, why do you think it's hard for some black men to I like think open up? We don't even have the tools. You have to begin at that. Like, you're not taught how to deal with your emotions in a, I guess, positive way. Yeah. So even if you like, you know, maybe you, yeah, exactly. Let's use that example. You 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 find a girl. You love the girl. But you know she she needs something from you that emotion emotionality right. she needs that softness 
And to begin with, like, you never got that. From, from the get-go, you're taught to be tough. And so how are you supposed to just, you know, you're supposed to just pull it out your ass, like, you know, oh, all of a sudden mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be soft and yeah. I'm going to show you emotion. I'm going to show you care. And it's like, you know, you, you don't even have that relationship with your own emotions to be able to extend it to somebody else. Exactly. And so, one, it's, like, it's, a, it's something that, you know, needs to be worked on with black, by black men, but also we just need the teachers and mentors to show us how to be emotional, how to deal with our emotions so that we don't hurt ourselves and those that are close to us too. And so I think, yeah, it's just that, that, you know, that expectation is both, you know, it should be expected of us, but at the same time, it's a tough battle. Like, you just, you know, it takes a long time and a lot of investment. And so I, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's going to take a lot. Mm-hmm. And just to go back to a point he was making, I think there's, there's an irony there. When, you know, we're talking about how Africans view black Americans and there's, uh, their, I guess, their history, or at least not understanding that history, mm-hmm. and saying, you know, why do black Americans act this way? Why do you guys do this? At the same time, the same applies to how Americans view Africans. It's true. So, you know, when you're saying about, like, the resources that Africans got, like, why, why, why are we not doing more? Why are we allowing Europe to take whatever they want? There, there's a history behind that, too. Yeah. There's yeah. a long history of yeah, beyond colonialism, yeah. even right. starting from slavery days to colonialism yeah, to now. To now, so even. It's, it's all messed up. It's yeah. all messed up. And people just now are starting to get out of that, um, out of that phase of just being exploited. And you can, you know, you can tell your friend about the role of the government in America in kind of suppressing black folk. It's the same thing here in Africa. Europeans had been stamping out every black expression and expression of liberation in every way that it can. Every, the assassinations yeah. that happen in the United States, oh my same goodness. thing happened here. Don't let me get people get, 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 get assassinated. <laughs> and so we both have. You know, the funny thing is, we both have very parallel history. It's, it's like true. the yeah. same things been happening over there. It's happening here. It's just it's a little bit different, yeah. but it's just it's the same thing. And so I think it's, it's the most important thing we can do is to really have conversations like this and talk about our respective histories and yeah. kind of be like, wait, you know, he's the same you too, thing. Yeah, yeah. You too, yeah. <laughs> can you introduce yourself as you did? What? Can you introduce yourself? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was going to say that. Yeah, my name is uh, Latu Cosmos, and um, I go to Seattle University. I'm a public affairs major there. But um, I'm from South Sudan, but I was born in Kenya. And I, I grew up in Kenya for about a decade and then spent the last 10 years in the U.S. Nice. Yeah. That's like the same as my story pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But to add on to the role of the government and the parallels between our history, between American history and, and even African history, um, when you hear about black, like when it comes to black people, first of all, you know, the most notable party that, and the most notable people that came about when it came to to civil rights and liberation and, you know, coming together, to me, was the Black Panthers. Like, the Black Panthers just had that 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 extra thing that just made them attractive. They they had the emblem. They had the, the stance. They had the backbone. They had the stuff that we all wanted to have. Unity. And the problem is, people don't go back in history and read about J. Edgar Hoover, who has a name... And there's a building name after him who said the biggest threat to America is black people coming together. He created Cointelpro specifically for the Black Panthers. He literally set up the assassination of Fred Hampton, who was one of the key members of the Black Panthers. 
and even shot up in his sleep, right? Yeah, they yeah. they they the set it up. They raided his house. They said police, and they that's fucked up. Right. And and even more so, it still happens today. I'll give you two amazing examples to me. Nipsey Hustle, and the reason why Nipsey Hustle this case is so interesting is because you have to ask yourself why truly what what benefit would it do to kill Nipsey Hustle? Because he was a he was a multimillionaire, provided for his community. He was building, he was establishing buildings. He didn't really have any beefs with anybody. The Bloods and the Crips were really actually good. They had unity because they realized that the cops were killing them faster than they were killing themselves. And it was like we got to we got to come together. It's not going to work. We already have cops and killing us and people imprisoning us. We need to come together and just stamp this out. But a snitch, and I forgot his exact name, but he was a snitch to the LAPD. Mm. Kills Nipsey Hussle. Now, the one thing that I've noticed with the LAPD, they're already shady when it comes to black people, even before <laughs> Rodney came. <laughs> but does it not make a little bit more sense that someone killed this, someone paid the snitch to kill Nipsey Hussle, and then they scapegoated him? It's that simple. Yeah. Because you can do that. That happens a lot. Marcus Garvey, to go, I gotta go to Marcus Garvey because Marcus Garvey was a Jamaican. He came to, uh, America, he became, he became rich in his own right and had his own establishment set up to help black people. The first FBI agent who was black, his task was to spy on him. So how do you, like, like, and then to go to the most recent example, the Amber Geiger case, you have the key witness, a black man, he has tattoos, but that's really it. He's, he's like, it's the normal guy. Out of nowhere, gets shot in the face. And in the mouth, and my face, and the neck—that's not a normal thing. That's 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 beef. <laughs> so, and here's and here's I'm I'm gonna drop a little facts right right here. They said that the drug dealer. They said it was a drug dealer. He had like twelve pounds of marijuana, like four forty thousand dollars in cash or something. So the thing you have to ask yourself is first, why are there drug dealers coming from Louisiana, which is a state where medical marijuana is legal, to do a drug deal where no marijuana is legal in Texas? The bo- from the border of Louisiana to the border of Texas is three hours, which means they probably could have drove farther. What sense does it make to have those three people go and find him and kill him? Right. Over 12 pounds. And if you really want to be honest, you could sell 12 pounds at $24,000 street value or $36,000. So for $76,000, you're telling me they went three hours to go minimum to go make a deal when you could have done the same thing in Louisiana? It would have been more low-key and you would have Probably it would have been a lot easier. That don't add up. And the problem is, and in my opinion, this is this is this is the thing that really kills me is black people still wanting to be not obedient but civil <laughs> because that's the same shit that gets us killed. I look at Huey P. Newton had a whole shootout with the police. I don't yeah. care what nobody say. That shit inspired me. <laughs> that shit, nah, he real. was bust. Pop, pop, pop. He, was, he was playing Call of yeah. Duty with the police. <laughs> but to me, that showed his righteousness and that showed what, what black people should be doing. It pains me to see these peace, people who are so peaceful getting finessed by people that really don't give a single fuck about them. In a country that they say is poor, but is the richest continent on the planet. Excuse me, a continent that they say is poor, but is the richest continent on the planet. Where if 
Africa just cut off all its trade to people, hmm. the whole world will go out in Facts. a matter of months. Facts. That's just the truth of it all. Like, even for the UK, how the fuck is the UK on an island and still making it through? <laughs> you got no, honestly, like has anyone ever honestly, asked that question? That like, I be thinking like, niggas on an island, they got like sheep and shit, but that's about it. <laughs> like, come on, like for real. Yeah, they got yeah. goals for days, man. Just to add to your point about the um, violence thing, so like in my seminal thought, like works in African thought class, is an English class. We we were talking about France Fanon, and I, I, you know, if there's one book or one author that now I'm like everybody got to read, is him. And he was talking about, you know, uh, in the fight for liberation of a colonized people, there are three or two stages, two phases that you got to go through in order to to find your true liberation. Mm-hmm. And at first, he said the first step is that physical violence that you got to go through. And there's a catharsis that comes from enacting violence on people who have enacted violence upon yeah. you. Yeah. And so that phase, I guess for, for most African countries, they were able to successfully go through that phase and really just have like you know fought against most of these European powers and you know killed people that were trying to kill them so in a lot of ways that was successful but then the second phase was that was structural and ideological like violence and so that means fighting ideas that were planted in your head by these colonizers and freeing yourself and talking about the structures of your economies the structure of your government all these structures that were remnants or uh, kind of the remnants of colonialism, you gotta break these down. And yeah. if you don't break these down, then you, you're not really free. You're and still a mental slave to the Exactly. System. Right now, that's where we're at. Yeah, we right, haven't, yeah, we yeah, haven't yeah, done yeah, that part. Yeah. We haven't fought, had that structural violence and broken down all the systems that are holding us in, like enslavement, basically. So th- those two things, like... So would you say that we're enslaved? Mentally. mentally, mentally, yeah. I'm talking about mentally. Like yeah. we don't even yeah. own our resources. Like our oil that that's here in Ghana, like we don't even own oh. a majority of it. The crazy. Let me start off with this. It is crazy to me how I've never understood how black people can fuck with cops, and I'm not saying every cop is bad because that would just be wrong. But you have this culture of this notable culture of people killing, raping, stealing, lying on black people for their benefit because they can. It takes it takes a shorter amount of time to be a cop than a cosmetologist. It takes me 2 years to do hair. Nigga, you got I, I can get my aunt to braid my hair and she's been doing this since she came out the womb, but legally she can't do it, but a cop can go and kill me on or off duty and can probably get away with it. And and people, you'll see people like help the cops, like black people. Yeah. And I look at them like, like, you off the drugs? Like, no. <laughs> I'm serious though. It's true. And there's this fear, like even my mother has that, you know. She doesn't feel comfortable with me going out some places, like, being being um or just me being out in the world because you know I'm her baby, but it's like. I stopped being a baby when I was 16. And of course, I'm her baby. But here's the thing. When you're 16 as a black man, you can go to jail. You're an adult. To me, that's your, you're an adult at that moment. If you can go to jail, you like adult jail, like OD shit, you, 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 you an adult. So you almost got to think more mature than your age. And even in, when it comes to mental slavery, it is easier... 
to finesse someone than to kill someone. To kill someone, you have to physically over, you have to physically overpower them. Whether it's with a gun, whether it's with your fist, stuff like that. If I finesse you, if I make you think you're getting something, and I'm gonna get whatever I want, and you think you're gonna get what you want, I just killed two birds with one stone. Because now I got this continual supply of whatever I need, and I got this continual friendship. War is bad for business. So you're gonna avoid it at all costs. I feel like a lot of European powers and the Americas realize that why would we fight back when we could just basically figure out how to get all their resources? And even when it, like Haiti, Haiti fought back. Yeah. Haiti, the Haitians fucked the French up. Real <laughs> Cutting heads off. Yeah. We were discussing this earlier. Yeah. Cutting the heads off of the French and shit, not a fuck to give. And it's sad because. One of the realest revolutions yeah. in history. But people don't really talk about it or know because, about it. Because if you do, then white people will get scared. This is all about white people being scared. Right. Do you understand, like, All the feet, most like ninety nine percent of the females I've seen, they're very fit, even though they don't do sports or anything. I've lost 15, 20 pounds since I've been here. We're built better. To me, they're just built better. We are built better as black people because it's just in our genes. I'm not saying white people build bad, but I'm saying if why would you go to another country to get people when you have people in your own country? Because the white people and the Native American people couldn't take the labor that was being put on them by the white man. So they got black people who are the only ones capable to do the work without getting, without dying. And this all goes back to this mental slavery because in, the, in those times, they had the culture beaten out of them. That's anywhere. That's anywhere in the world. It's anywhere in the world, whether it's in America, whether it's in the Caribbean, whether it's in Ghana, whatever. They had the the culture beat out of them. A lot of Americans, and this is this is Americans, don't understand that slavery in Ghana was not like slavery with the white man. It's not the same shit. But it gets charged as that. When I hear stories, and the, the thing that sticks out to me a lot is if you have you have the strongest man in a plantation, that's who they go to beat on. That's who they go to pick on. They will they will what's the word? Uh, they will cut off his private parts yeah. in front of everyone. They'll beat the crap out of him. They'll throw him to the dogs, basically. What's that called? Emasculation. Emasculation. Emas- it's beyond emasculation. Um, yeah, I heard about that. Because yeah. um, if you watch Scissor's music video, Supermodel, mm-hmm. they have the guy, like, um, I forgot what happened, but the kids are watching. She's throwing them, and it was like this guy... Um, we were, we were talking about it with some dudes and black men. They're like, oh, they're demasculating like the black male in that music video. That's happening And I now. was like, yeah, I can see that. They really are. I mean, y'all about to y'all about to think I'm crazy dropping like conspiracy theories and no, shit or not. But like, um, the American government realizes all this. And the European governments realize it. Christianity works so well in Africa. It sure that they does. they have nothing to do. Yeah. I almost can't go to church sometimes because... I'm about to go ahead and flame all y'all with truth. Right. <laughs> oh, God, I'm bro. about to go ahead and... Yeah. <laughs> church last week and I felt the same way. Like roach, my nigga. Oh, my like, God. I feel you on that. I went to church. Bro, like... And the first lady's white. And I'm like, oh, my God. 
I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. I'm like, this is not even black owned, y'all. <laughs> like, this yeah. is sad. Yeah. <laughs> you'd be amazed and hit and ooh. Let me before I get to the next point. Let me go back to my to my point. In America, Christianity worked, but I think Chris, Christianity did that. It didn't do the opposite, but it brought people close. It brought back black people closer. Yeah. The black church is the most economically yeah. is the most powerful black owned thing on the. In, in the United States, yet it's not used to help black people. It's yeah. a waste, which kills me in and of itself. But I think what happened was they saw that these people are just going to get controlled by Christianity. So we have to we have to go farther. We got to go to history books. We got to go to to the Willie Lynch letter where you separate people by color, right. so drugs. you can turn them against each other. Mm-hmm. Kind of like here in Africa. You got Congolese people that don't like Ghanaian people. I'm like, bro, y'all literally from the same place. Yeah. It don't matter where your country at. Y'all from the same continent. And that's and that happens in America, but on a lot smaller scale, that's not noted. You have the government creating, you have the government putting chem- astrazine, which is a chemical that was found in frogs to turn frogs gay. This is proven. What? This is proven. I'm serious. This is proven. There was a black man, I forgot his name, was doing research on a chemical atrazine to see what it would do to frogs. And it turns them gay. Hmm. That's not, I'm not kidding. It messes with their hormones. And the, other, the male frogs literally like male frogs and will avoid the female frogs. Imagine. This is stuff that's getting in our food that's not getting noted. This is stuff that's getting in our water that's not getting noted. So now, I mean, even me as a, as a child, I kind of noticed like there are a lot of gay people around out of nowhere. That's not me being mean. I'm serious. Yeah, that's and you, got, you got people popping out as gay. And I'm like, bro, like, what, what happened? But it's stuff like that because if you don't, if you can't make the black family with the black woman, a black male and a black ch- and black children, let's you, just you're be missing, honest. You're missing America, the power structure. That's the thing, though. Um, white women are valued higher, even here. You know, it's sad, but it's unfortunate. Ooh, ooh, and people, go ahead. And no, it is sad, you know. Yeah. And people are like favoring these mix. Like people are going on this whole. Um, swirl, swirl on. Y'all need a swirl. Like, you know, she swirl. Swirl is oh, when you got white, black and black, white. Black and white. Mix that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Said, swirl, swirl. Yeah. Swirl, swirl, swirl. No, no but seriously. Yeah. That's, that's, they're pushing that on us. Like, I don't even think, like, oh, it's like easy. we're trying to, I don't even know where I'm trying to go with the words for this. I know. But, like, psychologically on television, it's like, okay. Because even that's when easy. I was young, I used to have a white boy phase, y'all. Like, I, and I, oh, I love black men. But I'm just saying, where I went, I went to a predominantly white school. So, it was just, yeah. like, the way things were for me. Mm-hmm. And it was just sad. I'm, like, looking back, I'm like, wow. Like, that's messed up. But it was psychologically in my mind, you're, you're taught, like, white is better. Yeah, to add to your point, I think, and then bring it back to mental health. Is that you know our value systems are messed up in a lot of ways. I mean, I'm not talking about just like you know morality or any of that stuff. I'm just talking about like what we value literally. Like you know, you're talking about like valuing uh, black women, valuing black men. Like that has been reversed on us. And so when you and you're talking about like you know, or white uh, black people are looking, you know, lighter skin is better, or white people are better. Absolutely it's like, not. It's, it's it's become like that's become like the the way we're we've been taught to think, and you're talking the norm. about the exact that's become the norm, which is not okay. Right. And the tough thing is, and somebody like I myself, I grew up in a lot of, in, in a predominantly white place, white school, and like having that, like you know, have you know, you kind of I get acculturated into white culture. It's true, but yeah, then it's very true. when you when I guess for me. 
I, my values started shifting once I started learning more about history and learning more about myself. And it wasn't that I, I hated white people or I don't like white people. It's that I started valuing myself mm-hmm. and my heritage and my history and my culture and my people and people that look like me. I started, I was like, wait, you know, I didn't have, I, honestly, like I didn't have as much value attached to those identities as I, as I do. And going back to this point about uh, threatening white people, it's like, as black people, we should not care about that aspect uh, of yeah, it. Yeah, don't care about be be who you are. Love who you want to love in terms of like love yourself. Love first yourself first and that brings back to the mental health thing. Thank you for listening to Justice and Understand. I decided to do a part two of this episode. Um, that was a lovely Austin, Lateo, and Malik. Thank you for listening, and please check out part two. Bye.